everyone, and welcome back to the Football Fig Nuts podcast. This is episode number 164, but if you're keeping track by season, it is season four, episode 14. My name is Britt. I'm Craig. And Craig, we are back after a wild week four. Um, you know what? Straight into, I mean, Bill O'Brien got fired. The only one probably shocked by that was Bill O'Brien. Yeah. Um, he said he know. wasn't worried about his job. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. So, uh, but let's start where we always start before we get into that. Craig, what are you drinking tonight? So tonight, I'm s- kind of sort of following your lead from the last couple weeks. So today I went to get my flu shot, and I already feel kind of like, bleh. Not this, always okay. after a flu shot. I'm not saying it's giving me the flu, but nope. you know, it just makes I- you feel like crap sometimes. I, so. think, I think that the flu shot itself, I don't think it gives you flu. But every time I've ever gotten it, I feel lousy for a day or two afterwards. Mm-hmm. I think your system just needs a day to adjust to the fact that you got injected with something it doesn't know. Exactly. So it reacts to it like it's a virus. That's just my personal opinion. No, it doesn't give you the flu. It, it lasts like 48 hours and I'm fine. But that like day and a half afterwards, like that first morning after I've had my flu shot, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. What? What? My throat hurts. <laughs> I'm to... exhausted. I used to get allergy shots, and, like, the the day after, it was horrible. Yeah. Yeah, I totally I totally get it. So you're, so you're, uh, you're going sober tonight? Is that where we're going with this? Yes. Though, I will say really quick, I did, on the way back home, I did stop at two roads, and I did. did pick up Rosemary's other baby for another oh. time and date. Oh, have you tried it yet this year? No. No, I just, okay, I just got so- it. Okay, so... We bought we bought six cans of it, and it's extremely expensive this year. <laughs> it's running a little more than six dollars. Yeah, it used a to can. be in a bottle. They used to do craft bottles of it. This year they did canning, um, uh, sixteen ounce cans. So we bought a six pack of it, and it, Saturday we had to move my mother. It didn't go smoothly. I ended up in a screaming match with one of my family members. Blah blah blah. So I was my whole plan was to survive the move and come home and have a Rosemary's other baby. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. I came home, took two Tylenol, and went to bed. <laughs> so my wife did. However, she was like, no, after that, I'm, I'm cracking one open. So she did. And I just had a sip of hers. Oh, my God, is it good. You are going to get so much rum off of this. And the nice. flavor palette comes in waves. You're going to get really solid um, pumpkin beer up front. Not like the, the spicy, but just like that feel of a pumpkin beer. That's going to fade into rum, which is going to fade into cinnamon and nutmeg, which is then going to fade back into the rum. It was like so bizarre. I had one sip of this, and I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Hmm. Wait, what, what is that? Oh, it was bizarre, but it was oh, really, so really good. it's like Willy Wonka's candy. Yeah, yeah. The flavor palette changed over the course of like 15 seconds multiple times. So, Craig, I'm going to tell you right now, there's some very black clouds here in Milford, <laughs> and the trees are blowing sideways. Yeah, we have a uh, wind advisory. Do we? We do. Okay, well, if I cut out, just see you know, that that's what it is. I'm also sober tonight. Um, I'm out of carbs for the day. So, you know, oh. um, but the good news is my break is coming up. My break comes up on Sunday, so next Wednesday I can have a beer. I will not be counting carbs next Wednesday. Sunday through Wednesday is my break period, and then it's like another four weeks back on the freaking keto. So basically, my job is to confuse my body into how to digest food for the rest of my life. <laughs> I just, I just have to. Oh wait, there's no carbs. Oh crap! Everybody get to work. No carbs. Wait, there's carbs here. All right, everybody relax. Wait, what happened to the carbs? They're gone again. Is basically what I have to do to my own stomach. So, all right. Anyway, 
let's get right to it. Let, I'm gonna th I'm gonna toss out the first question. So, yeah. And I've already teased it. Bill O'Brien's firing. Yep. So the report comes out today that in the weeks leading up to this, Bill O'Brien had multiple arguments with multiple individuals, including uh, Anthony Weaver, the defensive coordinator, J.J. Watt uh, on the practice field in the final weeks right before being firing. I'm just going down the list. Uh, he th People were upset because he was pushing the, the signing of Earl Thomas, which they didn't do, right? They didn't sign Earl Thomas, did I they? Know think they did i, I, I never up. saw that i saw that he was going there and they wanted to but i think that was uh i think that was it uh oh so okay so two days ago multiple uh outlets were reporting that furious texan players shot down the possible earl thomas signing so there was a miniature revolt on top of this uh the houston texas athletes themselves voted no back when it seemed like thomas was going to sign wow well how's that wow. make you feel as a player <laughs> I, if that you're Earl Thomas? Suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right, so let's get to my question then. So this is a multi-layered question. One, what was the last straw with Bill, Bill O'Brien? Was it the record? Was it the arguing? Was it a little bit of both? Was it Earl Thomas? And B, oh my God, how must Earl Thomas feel right now? He Not literally his own brethren don't want him around. So let's start with what was the last straw for O'Brien in your mind? In my mind, I think the yeah. whole thing that happened with DeAndre Hopkins is when he lost the team and didn't realize it. When do you think the owner made the decision? <clears throat> and uh, what caused it? To make the decision to fire Bill? Yes. Um, I That may have played—I mean, up before the season started, maybe he went to the owners like, hey, I got this grand plan. And then mm -hmm. I would say probably by week two— after they went, after they lost their second game, I think that's when the owners started to notice the players and Bill O'Brien going completely separate directions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know how much the owners there are, like, you know, watching them practice or whatever, but I'm sure it was palpable in the locker room in the stadium. So here, here's what I see. Mm. The coffin began construction with the Hopkins trade. The yeah. owner started, the owner ordered the wood, and said, make it about Bill O'Brien's size. If I don't use it on him, <laughs> I'll find some way to use it. And then the season, the, the offseason went on, and there was still all the questions about, you know, I mean, we saw we saw Gridiron Heights making fun of it, that nobody wanted to take his calls, things like that. The absolute nail in the coffin was losing to the Vikings. You can lose at the Chiefs. You can lose at home to the Ravens. You can even lose in Pittsburgh to the Steelers. You can't lose at home to the Vikings. You no, can't. Their defense is not stupendous. And here's the thing: they're, that was the that was that was supposed to be the start of his mini break because they have the Jags this week. They would have had the Vikings and Jags this week. They would have gotten through the Jags at two and three. Okay, they beat the Vikings. They beat the Jags in theory. Then they got to go to the Titans and play the Packers. Okay, maybe you're two and four. But then after that, Jaguars, Browns. Patriots, Lions, Colts, Bears, Colts again, Bengals. You could make the argument that there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games there. They should win six or seven of those. So even at two and four, you sweep those games. Now you're nine and five. You're right in the hunt. And mm -hmm. you've killed off the Colts. So it's I'm just I, I, I think that was the absolute last straw. So but listen, 
We called this, we've been saying this for over two years now, you and I. <laughs> Bill O'Brien is bad. And he got more and more desperate. And finally, his own player sat there and said, enough. You traded one of the most favorite guys in this locker room because you didn't like, secretly you told people you didn't like the fact that he had multiple multiple women in his life with kids. That was a problem for you. You imposed your personal morality onto our team and called it culture. That's not culture. So, yep, exactly. what do you got for me today? Uh, for me today <clears throat> involves another team named the Cowboys. Another tire fire. <laughs> and that whole division is a tire fire. The Eagles, like, really quick, the, the Eagles are 1-2-1. One, and one, and are they leaders? I was the just division. looking it up. They are. They're, but they're a half game ahead of, <laughs> ready? They're a half game ahead of the Washington franchise. Who is 1-3. Correct. <laughs> Correct. As a matter of fact, I'm looking, hold on, stand mm -hmm. by. The Cowboys have allowed, before you get to your question, the Cowboys have allowed more points than any team in the NFC. They have allowed 146 points. Wow, so... Who's even close? 127? The Detroit Lions are second with 127. That's 20 points. That's a a five more points a game that they're outing. Is that the worst in football? I'm looking at the AFC now. That is the worst in football. The Cowboys allow more yeah. points per game than any team in football. That's crazy. So now the question later is, do you start players against the Cowboys? <laughs> you might. You might. I mean, let's pull it up. And I'm looking right now at their points for They've scored 126 points. The Packers have more points than that. And the Seahawks, they're third in scoring in the NFC. But they are dead last in the league in points against. They play the Giants this week. You can't start. You can't trust anybody in the Giants. I, I know. I know. I screamed all off season that Daniel Jones was going to be good. I was wrong. I was dead wrong. Daniel Jones is bad. Cinch told us the whole time, but Cinch <laughs> also told us Josh Allen was bad. So not everybody. The message there is not everybody's right all of the time. But after the week after, it's in Dallas against the Cardinals on the 19th. Yes, I like the Cardinals this year, too. I'm big, been big on the Cardinals offense this year. Uh, then it's Washington. Then it's the Eagles. Then it's the Steelers. Then it's the Vikings. Then it's Washington. Then it's the Ravens. Oh, my God. Mark the calendar. December 3rd. Cowboys at Ravens. Start every Raven that's not on the injury list. Which every single one of them. Could be no one or it could be 12 people. We don't know. I, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if they're down to their third string quarterback at that point. If Lamar is going out for a sandwich and whoever the backup is has, has injured himself, God forbid, start the third guy. <laughs> start him because that that's going to be – that's going to be – oh, man. Oh, wow. That starts a string of games. Then they got the Bengals. Then they got the Niners. If they, if they played in a division that had any sort of real competition with them, they would be even bigger. They would have an even bigger target on their back. So – I am sorry. I'm, I'm hijacking your question. What exactly is your question about the Cowboys? So my question with the Cowboys is this is Mike McCarthy's first year coaching Correct. the Cowboys. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers and the Packer fans are laughing now that they have uh, Mike McCarthy. But right. so clearly the Cowboys have a lot of issues. Oh, yeah. My question to you, and a lot, a lot of people bring this up. A few uh, commentators on TV have brought it up. I've seen it online like once. Everyone keeps looking at Dak because mm -hmm. he's the quarterback. That is usually who you will always look at at every team first. Yep. Last week, Dak threw for like, what, 400-something, 500 yards, some insane mm -hmm. number. But no one talks about Zeke. 
Zeke's productivity has declined noticeably since his rookie year. Okay, hold on. Let's let's yeah, go ahead. Continue making so, your point. I'm gonna pull up the numbers. So he's averaging about sixty eight rush yards a game. That's terrible. That's terrible That's for terrible. him. Is that so do you think is that him? Does this stem from his holdout? Is it because he had COVID and can't breathe? Does Mike McCarthy not know how to use a running back at all? Because he's used to Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so from a fantasy perspective, um, Zeke is still the number four back in the league. He is still in the top four. Uh, He's got, all right, so here's his numbers on the year. 70 attempts for 273 yards. He's only averaging 3.9 yards per carry. He's got three touchdowns. He's got 23 catches for 159 and another touchdown. So combined yardage, he's got 430 combined yards and four touchdowns. But 3.9 yards per carry, if I'm looking, I'm looking at CBS Fantasy. I'm looking at our home league when I see this. I'm looking for the next, how far down the list do I have to go to find somebody who has that bad of a yards per carry? Mm-hmm. Four, five, six, <laughs> seven, eight, nine, ten. Number 11, Josh Jacobs at 3.6. If I go past him, 12, 13, 14, I have to get to Derrick Henry. Well, what's happened to Derrick Henry, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> so of the top 15 running backs in fantasy football only three of them are carrying less than four yards per carry and zeke is one of them and zeke is getting a lot of volume well actually zeke has fewer touches than both those other guys i mentioned ben jacobs and harry wow that's very interesting i didn't think about he's got he doesn't have as many he's got more touches than kamara and jones but fewer than cook wow and he brought a few, a few fewer than Joe Mixon. Hell, Mixon's averaging 4.1 yards a carry. How is that possible? How has he touched? How does he have fewer yardage on more attempts? Uh, does, football I'm, math. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm looking at the wrong person. I'm looking at the wrong name, the wrong number. Okay, I was looking. I was looking at Aaron Yo, Aaron Jones's yardage and getting the numbers backwards in my mind. So, yeah, you know what? I think you were big on worrying about Zeke's um, health coming out of COVID. You were very, very vocal about that. Um, I don't know if this is COVID related because he wasn't, he was, I think he was the number one back in the league last year, fantasy wise, but you know, he's, he's had issues. So yeah, I'm, this is why I didn't, he, I think I had him at three on my board. I'd have to look it up and see what I had him at, but I think I had him at number three because I was not positive on him. And I'm just kind of like, I'm pulling up the consensus numbers now. I wasn't I wasn't thrilled with them. Why did Excel just force quit? Uh oh. Fun Excel with just Brit's decided, laptop. <laughs> here we go again. I just I'd like to see the information, please. <laughs> and now it's gonna pretend like nothing happened. Oh, we're loading Excel for you. <laughs> Excel was loaded. But yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure we all were questionable on Zeke. Uh I we all had him at three. We all had him behind Barkley and McCaffrey, but we all had him ahead of Kamara, even you, which is shocking to me. Who are all broken now? Yeah, <clears throat> so, all those who are broken. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I think I think he's in trouble. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I just I don't know. It's, you know, it's a first year coach, and there's clearly growing pains. But I don't know what oh, happens yeah. after this season. Like, let's say, let's say the Cowboys. I don't know. They, let's say they finish under 500. Is Jerry Jones and the Jerry Jones Cowboy Incorporated going to make huge changes again? 
Well, they're going to have trouble because Zeke got that contract extension. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at the over the cap. I'm looking at the uh, over the cap dot com numbers right now. And if this is correct, he is the only cowboy still on the books through 2026. Hmm. So <clears throat> and that's that's dead money across the board. Oh, my God. It really is. Wow. Everything except his bonus money is dead cap money. Next year, he is scheduled to make nine point six million. And then he enters 12 million in 2022. How are you moving that freaking contract? You can't cut him. I mean, no. I guess in theory you could, but you can't. Not to mention the Cowboys have got to have, they've got to be a little concerned because they restructured Amari Cooper too. And Amari Cooper is due to make a base salary of 20 million. Wow. Next year guaranteed. <laughs> Am I reading crap. that right? That's got to be a typo. <laughs> That's got to be a typo. A base salary of 20 mil with a dead cap number of 16? Wow. I, all right, I got to look that up too. But I, yeah, I, I think uh, I think they're going to – I don't know. I, I think I think this, this team, as it appears now, has one more year in it. But I don't th- – if they're not – if they're not – if they're not playing to the Super Bowl after the 2021 season, yeah, I think they're going to blow it up. I do. Yeah, <clears throat> agreed. Oh my God! It was a five-year, hundred-million-dollar deal. For who? Holy crap! For Amari Cooper. Wow. They gave him five years, a hundred million. And Dak. Jesus. Dak still doesn't have a contract. He's on the franchise tag, isn't he? I believe so. Where is Dak? Dak's making thirty-one this year, and he is not on the books for twenty twenty-one. So yes, he is under the franchise tag. Oh man! If they, if they finish under five hundred, Dak is going to be looking for a new job i'm just saying well, <laughs> well yeah you know it's possible it's possible all right really quick my last question because mm-hmm. i'm way behind today i'm dragging today i found an interesting piece on um sports blog nation sb nation if you're not familiar with it it's a place where uh different uh people can go to blog about their favorite teams and give their opinions somebody on the pats page uh pats pulpit is what it's called a gentleman named Alex Shane put up an article entitled, In Case You Forgot, the NFL Just Doesn't Care, in which he talks about the NFL's lack of response to COVID and the time they had to prepare. I'm going to read you one paragraph. I just want your general reaction to it. Okay. Quote, but they did nothing. They decided to just move forward like nothing was out of the ordinary. Limited practices and a lack of preseason was a decent start. Although now we're seeing more injuries than ever as players aren't used to the contact. Daily testing is a nice idea, but when the disease has an upwards of 14-day incubation period, it really doesn't do much, and there's bound to be slip-ups. The league says that they have rigorous protocols for players and coaches in place, but nobody has any idea what those protocols are. The NFL basically decided not to err on the side of caution in any capacity and did just enough to make it seem like they cared. End quote. Craig, your reaction? Uh, given the recent history of the NFL and how we can see clearly COVID has now inserted itself into the NFL and NFL teams, yeah, I, I can't disagree with him. I'll disagree with him on one point. They, the NFL basically decided not to err on the side of caution in any capacity. That's not really true. They encourage teams to to limit or have no fans, but I mean, basically, that's but that was a lot of that decision was made by the state. 
But yeah. a lot of teams did say, well, even if our state's going to let people in, we're not. A lot of teams did that. Um, Florida right now, I think, has no restrictions whatsoever. <clears throat> yeah, on... no, they, they reopened everything, even like bars. Yes, but both Jacksonville and Miami both said, no, we're going to keep things minimalized for now. So I, I, I do think that there was stuff. But at the end of the day, and this is my this is my whole thing, players have to be responsible for their own behavior. These guys are paid professionals. You know, I, that's why when every time I see, oh, there's a positive test, we might have to postpone a game. Don't postpone it. Cancel it. The Titans couldn't play the Steelers. Because of the Titans positive, the Titans take a loss. The Steelers take a win. Well, two teams have positives. They both have positives. Okay, it's a draw. Give them both a tie. Make the players and the organizations accountable. Why does the NFL have to regulate every piece of common sense known to man? Why? Why does it take an NFL ruling for these teams to be smart? These guys own multi-million dollar organizations. They don't know how to ensure their health and safety. Um, I would hope they would, but sometimes I, it doesn't seem like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the the easy argument to make with me is, well, what about concussions? They didn't do anything about concussions. Everybody in the in, up and down teams knew, the NFL knew. I know it, you know it, everybody knows it, and they did nothing about it. What about that? Well, yeah, and you're you're right. Their history is not good, but I I would have hoped for better at the team level. I'm tired of looking to Roger Goodell to be the um, to be daddy, basically. All he does is show up at the draft and get booed and hand out punishments. That's all he does. Yeah, do you see even now they're for uh, coaches? Did you see they're adding on to the other than just finding them for taking off the mask? Now they've threatened to take away draft picks. That's what you got to do. You have to hit teams where it hurts. A team, a franchise, what are the Cowboys worth? Roughly a billion dollars? A team that's worth a billion (laughs) dollars does not care if you find it a million. No. If you make $100,000 a year and I find you $1,000, it does not affect your life. You're not happy about it. You've lost $1,000. It doesn't change where I'm eating dinner. (laughs) It does not. No, it does not. It does not. And by the way, the NFL allows those fines to be done in the form of charitable contributions, which all these teams are doing anyway. Which are tax write-offs anyway. (laughs) And are tax write-offs. So the Cowboys routinely give, and I'm making this up, the Cowboys routinely give $75,000 a year to some food bank, right? Okay, well, they get five twenty-five grand of it. Okay, well, twenty-five. we made a $25,000 donation to the food bank. But they didn't give them another twenty-five. They counted part of the money they donated. All these NFL teams have charitable arms for tax purposes. You're not harming anybody. You have to start harming them. That's why I'm saying cost them games. You're going to see owners and coaches all of a sudden be really worried about where their players are and what their players are doing when it's going to cost them games. No, that's a very valid point. Games and draft picks. That's something they, they can't buy off. That's it. That's it. T- t- TV money talks. TV money gets better. P- teams don't want to go to the playoffs. Teams want to go to the playoffs because they want a trophy, no question. But from the financial end, it's extra money because you're on TV more. It increases your merchandise sales. You don't think Kansas City made a ton of more money from selling Super, Di- Super Bowl merchandise? It was the first Super Bowl they won in 50 years. 
they probably cashed in it better than any team in the last 20 years on their Super Bowl win in merchandise alone. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, I'm sorry. We got to move on because, believe it or not, we're actually more than halfway through our time. <laughs> I've been so, I'm all fired up, apparently. Let's get straight to America's favorite game. So, okay. So, no low ones this week. Okay. Nobody's under 40. So, again, Vegas odds. There's a theory that higher odds or higher over-unders mean more scoring. More scoring means fantasy points. So, you should try to use players in high over-under games. So, to that end, on the screen in front of me, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. Wow. That are over 50. Jeez. You got three strikes. <laughs> God. Tell me the seven games that have uh, at least 50 points for an over-under. All right. Let's go Chiefs-Raiders. Or the Raiders easy Chiefs. one. Yeah. 56 and a half. 56 and a half. So, yeah. I, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I would have taken the over this week against the Patriots, too. We haven't even talked about Chiefs-Patriots. We won't get a chance to talk about that. But, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, 56 and a half. I'll take the over there. Let's go Chargers-Saints. Charger Saints, where are you? Yes, that's number two, 52. Well done. That's a Monday night game. So if you're doing this for DFS purposes, keep in mind, your pool may not include that game. Two for two. Uh, Let's see. Excuse me. Let's go Vikings Seahawks. Yeah, that's a 57 and a half. I think that's the highest of the week. Is it? Uh, Double checking. Yes, 57 and a half. Highest of the week, Vikings Seahawks. Excellent call. I'll take the under in that game just because it's so high. <laughs> yeah, really. All so right. high. You're, uh, you're giving a lot of credit to the Vikings to get 25 to You know what it was? It was, that, it was that huge passing week that did it. Yeah. Well, Kirk Cousins can't put two of those in a row. We know that. Let's see. Let's go Bills-Titans if they play. No, Bills-Titans oh. will not count as a strike because it has no line, and it has no line because that game may not be played. All right. So All right. you do not get charged a strike for that. Let's see. That was a ball. Let's see. Panthers Falcons. Yes, that's a 54 and a half. Simply on the idea that Atlanta will score 30 points and still find a way to give up 31. <laughs> All right. Cool. So I still got one, two, three left, and he hasn't gotten a strike yet. This is Ooh. awesome. This is this might be an epic performance. Let's see. Let's go Bucks Bears. Uh, where are you? Just making sure. Where are you? Thursday. No, that's a 44. <laughs> 44, because Nick Foles couldn't find an end zone with a map. <laughs> All so right. Strike one. Let's go. We'll be, we'll be biased here. Let's go Bengals-Ravens. Absolutely. 51. That's the lowest qualifier of the week. The Joe Burrow era is in full effect, and people don't think they're going to win that game because the Bengals are a 13.5-point underdog, but they think they're going <laughs> to give them a run. Take the Bengals with 13 points. You know what? Yeah. You know what? I'll say yes. Yeah, I think so. I think that's going to be a closer game, and I do think it's going to be higher scoring. I would tease the over with the plus 13 and a half, yeah. Okay. All right, two left and two, two strikes. left. One I think you'll get, one I don't think you'll get. Rams, Washington. No, that's strike two. That's a 45 and a half because Washington has no quarterback. Dwayne Haskins will not be starting this game, although – my prediction for the week, Dwayne Haskins will play in that game. <laughs> God, the rest of these games are so not good. Hmm. You know what? Uh, because of last week's performance, let's go Colts-Browns. No, that's strike three. Ah, that's a 47 it. and a half. 
so close. The other ones, I, I'm actually surprised you didn't get this one, was Jaguars at Texans. That's a 54 and a half. And the other one you missed, I didn't think you'd get anyway, was Giants at Cowboys. That's a 54. Really? <laughs> it's a 54. <laughs> don't ask me why. I don't know. But the two top ones uh. of the week are Vikings at Seahawks and Raiders at Chiefs. Are we – I mean, do we have to sit here and think at this point that based on what you've seen so far – is Seahawks Chiefs the early contender for the Super Bowl? Uh, the way it's looking right now, yes. I think I said Seahawks Ravens in our 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 episode before the season when we made our Super Bowl picks. I think yeah. I said Seahawks and I said, and Ravens. I picked the Saints, but that was before Michael Thomas was broken. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that's a th- that's what preseason picks like that make. All you know, I remember the year really quick. I remember the year the Patriots won their first championship when Brady took over because Bledsoe got hurt like in like game two. Um, I remember I bowled with a guy who had a friend in Vegas and every year he would place a bet like a hundred bucks on the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. And the Patriots had never won the Super Bowl at that point. So the odds were always like 35 to one mm-hmm. or like 40 to one. And I remember like when the playoffs began, he was at the bowling alley and he was showing us the, the, the ticket and go, if the Pats run the table, baby, I'm going to make $3,500 on my bet. I'm going to fly out to Vegas. I'm going to cash my check and I'm going to take my buddy to a dinner and have a weekend in Vegas. And then the goddamn Patriots ran the table. <laughs> and the week after the Super Bowl, he did not show up for bowling. Was he in Vegas? <laughs> I'm presuming he was in Vegas. So, all right. So there you go. So, if you're targeting, if you're looking for two games to target for high fantasy value, Raiders, Chiefs, and uh, Vikings, Seahawks is probably it. But there's at least there's seven games with a 50 plus over under, so there's a lot of scoring out there this week. Which let's go right into the metric from there. So I sat down and I had a long chat with the metric this week, and I said, "Listen, enough of this screwing around. Last week was a decent week. I don't, even, I don't remember. I don't remember who I recommended, but I know I cashed." Um, I tried, I'm still experimenting with pool size, uh, and, and with a couple of different, um, other pros takes on things. So it was a little bit more than a break. Even if I just followed my own advice, I probably would have cashed big last week. And I didn't because I'm kind of trying to fine tune everything. The, every year the metric changes a little bit. I add more information to it. I take more factors into account. So every year I'm trying to fine tune it. So, but I feel like I'm getting there with it. So this week. It spits back to me. I got a name for you. Just just do this. Don't think twice about it. Use Russell Wilson at quarterback. And I'm like, Russell Wilson is 7,600. <laughs> How do I use Russell Wilson at quarterback? Matt Ryan's at 6,100. Why don't I use Matt Ryan? Carson Wentz is at 5,600. Kirk Cousins is going to be supposedly in that shootout, and he's 5,900. The metric was consistent. All indicators indicate Russell Wilson will have a plus 25-point week this week. So I'm I'm roll, rolling with Russell Wilson this week. Who do you like at quarterback? I do like Russell Wilson. I think he's on track to, you know, for the MVP award mm-hmm. this year. He has 7,600, so you would have to watch where you spend money. A cheap, mm-hmm. sneaky quarterback, like if you don't want to spend a lot at quarterback, is Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, 5,900. 5,900, and he's playing Atlanta. And I've got him slated for 19 points. I don't think I've ever slated Teddy Bridgewater for 19 points ever <laughs> in my life. So, oh, by the way, I got to yeah. take a two-second side. Sure. I am so angry Uh-oh. at Travis Kelsey. 
I why, did. Why are you? <laughs> I did a teaser on Monkey Knife Fight on Monday night. All I needed was Julie Edelman to catch less than six passes and for Travis Kelsey to have 71 or more yards. That was it. And I knew I, the first half, Edelman didn't touch a ball until the third quarter. So I'm like, I'm golden. There's no way. They're, they're not with, Without Brady, there's no way there's a six-pass second half coming. I thought I was safe. And then Travis catches a ball, and he needs, I think he needed like four yards, and he got three. He ends with 70 yards, and I lose my bet because Travis Kelsey doesn't know how to lean forward. Hmm. And he was short of the first down, too. And, and I'm that, like, that would have did it, right? That would have, If he had just fallen forward instead of trying to dance and get for, get get extra yardage out of it, he just fallen forward for a yard or two, I win money. So I'm very upset with you, Travis. But anyway, back to the metric. Not that Travis Kelsey cares how <laughs> upset with him. Sleeps on a bed full of money surrounded by beautiful women. <laughs> hopefully, he's getting, I... hopefully he's getting COVID tests now. I'm sure. All right, so running back. Oh, by the way, you're going to hear very few mentions of the Tennessee Titans or Buffalo Bills this week. <laughs> I do not see that game being played. I don't see it being played. So I'm kind of no. skipping over a lot of them. Uh, the metric was conflicted in that I have, mul- like I said, I have multiple factors that factor in David Johnson in Houston is its best pick for value. He's only <laughs> he has a new coach. <laughs> He's only 5,200. I've got him slated for 16 points. That would put him in the 3x range, but it is such a – it is not a uh, – and I'll use him. Trust me, I'm going to use him, but it's not a confident pick. Let me put it that way. I'm not confident in it. I'm probably – what I'm going to try and do is balance my shares of David Johnson with shares of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because I also have Hilaire for 21 points, and he's 6,800. So I, I think I think if I can if I can – diversify a couple of lineups so I have a couple of shares of Johnson, a couple of shares of Hilaire, and just try to balance out the... If I have $6,800, I'm using Hilaire. If I need value, I'm using Johnson at 5200 So that's what I'm saying there. So what do you like this week at running back? Um, you know, maybe David Johnson's new coach will work. Not sure. We're going to find out. Uh, I do like Mike Davis against Atlanta. And for me, because I've picked him up almost in all of my leagues, mm-hmm. um... Mr. McKinnon playing Miami. He's fifty eight. He's yeah. uh, fifty eight hundred. So Mike Davis is more expensive than Joe Mixon right now. Yeah, he is. <laughs> that should tell you, and that's not because Mixon is dropping severely down the board. Davis keeps rising. Davis Davis is rising. He's a yeah, rising he's, talent. Uh, Hundred dollars more expensive than Mixon right now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The uh, the metric also has a little bit of a. It's conflicted. It's got an idea. It feels like David Johnson is due. I'm not saying David Johnson. I'm sorry, David Montgomery. I already said David Johnson. It feels like David Montgomery is due. I'm not touching it. I'm not touching it. 5,400 for Montgomery. Uh, I, I just, I got a feeling he's, I just don't see him doing a ton this week on a short week against the Bucks. The Bucks defense has not been terrible. It's not a big scoring game. I think, I think that's, that's, that that's, that's because Tariq Cohen is hurt. The metric yeah. likes him because Tariq Cohen is hurt. So, all right, wide receivers. The metric said to me, I got a name for you. Are you ready? Get ready. Get excited. And I said, okay. And it said bird. And I said, who in the holy hell is bird? I, I, I this is, this is how out of touch I am. And since is going to hate us for not knowing this, I, this guy plays for the Patriots. I believe his first name is Demir, Demir bird. I watched him play on Monday night. He's, he's got some talent, but 
the metric has been all over Patriot receivers this year. Remember it was telling us Nikhil Harry? Yes, like the it last was. Weeks? Cinch well, was not finally... happy about it. <laughs> That's right. Well, Nikhil Harry's still on the list. He's just not <laughs> at, He's just not over the value marker. Damian Bird's only 3,000. The metric has him at 12.1 points, which I think is really high. But that even might if be he gets a sneaky uh, tournament play, ex- well, but I think that's the thing. I don't think it's going to be sneaky. I think everybody's looking at that and going, "Why is Damian Byrne only three thousand? But if he gets to nine points, he's got value. He's at three x. But can he get to nine points? That's what you got to ask yourself. The uh, metric also likes Darius Slayton, which he does from time to time. That is a game with a high over under. That's fifty four. I-, I mean, that I'm probably more likely to use him there. I mean, the Broncos at Pats doesn't have an over-under line. But I, I see one guy's predicted 17-14, so about 31 points. So it wouldn't really qualify for this. So maybe a couple shares of Damian, Damian Beard, uh, Darius Slayton, a couple of shares here or there. But I, I, I might have to go a little chalky at um, at wide receiver this week just because I, I just don't – I don't know. DK Metcalf is – he's up to $7,100. Wow. Oh my God! But you know what? We just talked. We're going to use Russell Wilson. So that could work. That who's could the better work. value? I'm looking to see who's the better value. Where's Tyler Lockett? Actually, Lockett's 6,900. I've got Metcalf just barely more valuable than Tyler Lockett by one notch. The difference in the rating system is point zero zero one six. That's wow. how close Lockett and Metcalf are in terms of value this week. So Lockett may have a point or two more, but not more, enough that he's more of a value than Metcalf. Actually, no, Metcalf might have a point. Metcalf is more expensive than Lockett. Wow, that's crazy. Who do you like at wide receiver? Uh, so for this week, I think I'm like you. I might have to go a little bit chalky with receiver. Um, Hopkins is playing the Jets, though he is 7,900. So that is a lot. Oh that's a lot. Uh, Big Bob Woods is playing Washington. He's 6,400. I just never know who's going to catch the ball. There's someone who's catching the ball. Right, exactly. And um, what's his name? Robbie Anderson, if you do go with Teddy Bridgewater, because Robbie Anderson's only 5,900. Last week we pushed C.D. Lamb, and he had a big game. He was a big play for us last week. I used C.D. Lamb in almost every lineup, and he came through big, but now he's (laughs) 6,000. It's funny how that changes. <laughs> oh my God. This is the same thing with Darren Waller last year. Darren Waller's only 3,400. Use him. Darren Waller's only 4,000. Use him. Darren Waller's 6,000. When did that happen? <laughs> I mean, seriously, if you can get those value plays before they become big time out there's, I mean, like Miko Hardman, I feel like is on that, that, that edge. He's 4,400 mm-hmm. this week, but I've only got him for 10 points. So I don't have him in my value range, but could he go off for more than 10 points? Absolutely. Absolutely. If the Chiefs start throwing it downfield, absolutely. All right, tight ends really quick. We're almost out of time, believe it or not. Um, the there's no there's no clear value consensus pick. The closest thing we have is Hunter Henry. I've got him for 12 points at 4,300. That puts him at about 2.8 times his value. So, I mean, he's the guy I like. If you're looking for cheap, uh, you can either take a shot on Logan Thomas or Jordan Aikens. I would probably just use Jordan uh, Logan Thomas and just run from there. Craig, what do you like at tight end this week? Uh, this week, if you want to go a bit chalky, I would start Kittle against Miami because clearly Kittle's the chalk play. Clearly, uh, Nick Mullins can throw to him 
So <laughs> no question. Kittle, I, the, I might go Kelsey because he's two hundred dollars cheaper. But if I'm going chalk, I'm going Kittle or Kelsey, easy. But I mean, Hunter Henry is two thousand dollars cheaper than both of them. That's true. That so is true. if I'm paying up at wideout, I mean that's the difference between me having to maybe use David Johnson or Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Mm-hmm. I'll take Henry and Hilaire instead of Kelsey and David Johnson. That's just me. So defenses, nobody cares about defenses. <laughs> and the uh, somebody the, has the, to score a point. Somebody's got to score points. Um, according to the metric, the metric loves the Titans this week. But as I've told you already, that game ain't happening. So I'm back in the Bucks. I think the Bucks are going to cause a couple of turnovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are they playing? Oh, that's right. They're playing the Bears. But that's a Thursday night game. And <laughs> yes, if you're playing a that. limited pool, you may not be able to use that game. In which case, believe it or not, I like the Dolphins at 2,400. Yeah. Because the 49ers, even though we just said to use Kittle, overall the 49ers uh, just have a lot of problems. Good. They don't. They have look Kittle. Good. They have McKinnon, and yes, that's it. And I don't think this is a Super Bowl hangover per se. I just think this is the rust. I think this is the rust yeah. of not having a preseason. Not, yeah. Yeah, it's been bad. All right, so this week I'm gonna try. I'm gonna definitely use Russell Wilson in a lot of places. I'm gonna probably use a lot of David Johnson and Clyde edwards hilaire where I can afford him. I will probably use a little Demir Bird and some Darius Slayton in places. And I'm probably going to have to use Hunter Henry in places to save money so that I can afford those bigger names. So, but I am definitely diversifying this week. It's probably the only, there's probably, I'll probably use Wilson and Prescott in lineups and that's probably it. Um, and then I'll everybody, and I'll diversify the other names I said. So, all right, Craig, we are out of time. Believe it or Sad. not. Yeah. Don't give me some fast. final thoughts. What do you got for me? Final thoughts once again, or hi, Deb. You know, Hi, Deb's, Deb. Deb's not driving to work. Does she still listen to this? She does because she occasionally texts me with some sort of correction or <laughs> some sort of reference. And usually she's usually when it's because she's not a avid football fan, she listens to it like a week or so later. So usually it's something like, I remember that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, I'm just going to say, you know, with everything going out with COVID, because now we have more Patriots who tested positive for covid one of which was very close to patrick mahomes after the game last week so now the you know the chiefs have to get tested yep i'm just you know being how i think um i'm just gonna say enjoy football while it's here i hope i hope we don't have to worry about that but uh i'm gonna go political for a minute shocking and now here's where craig starts breathing (laughs) out of the paper bag um and it links to the covid thing if you've been following the news cycle, or, unless you live under a rock, or you're like Jared Leto, who found out about COVID after the outbreak. Did you hear that story? Uh, no. Jared Leto went on an isolation retreat in, like, the Arizona desert mm-hmm. with, like, some sort of spiritual leader mm-hmm. for, like, three weeks. When he went in, it was, like, the second week of January. When he came out, they were like, you need to go straight to your hotel. And he's like, why? <laughs> He gets to the hotel and he's like, what's going on? And they're like, dude, where have you been? He goes, I've been in like, like a, like a small Adobe house out in a desert for like the last three weeks. What's going on? <laughs> Swear to God. He had no idea there had been an outbreak when he heard about COVID. It was something in China. When he got out of his little meditation thing, it was everywhere. <laughs> so anyway, so um, if you've been following the news cycle, you know, the president of the United States recently got diagnosed with COVID. He has gone out of his way through videos and bizarre speeches from the balcony of his, of the white house to 
tell people not to, to keep living their daily lives and not to worry. I'm here to tell you, do not listen to that, man. <laughs> Be safe out there. But this has been my message for weeks now. We're in an election year. There's a lot of spin going on. People are telling you what they want you to believe. I don't believe it. I don't believe when, when the president tweets that 100,000 people die every year of the flu, which, by the way, is a lie. The most that America has seen in my lifetime is 61,000 deaths from the flu, and that was three years ago. I looked it up. When he says 100,000 people die of the flu, so we should treat it the same as, as COVID be treated the same as the flu, I don't believe it. Don't do it. Keep yourselves safe. Would you rather be safe or sorry in this? Fate favors the bold sometimes. Fate favors the bold in fantasy football. It doesn't favor the bold in a pandemic. So please just take care of yourselves and don't believe the hype when people tell you it's fine to go outside. Until a doctor tells me that, I ain't buying it. So please, I want you guys to stay safe too. Don't buy into the hype. Stay safe. With that, leave us a review wherever you listen to us. Apple, Stitcher, Player FM, which reminds me, I got an email from Google today telling us we're getting kicked off because they're closing down their podcast portal. Are you on top of that already? Um, I did. I have to look at it again because they're changing. Google's changing all kinds of stuff. Yeah, apparently they're just not going to handle podcasts anymore. So, and I had no idea we could be. We were on Google until I saw this email. I was like, yeah, oh, well, okay. the there. So before podcasts would go through Google Play Music, and now it's uh -huh. Google Podcast Manager because they're getting rid of the whole Play Store thing. So ah, Google's getting out yeah. of the music business. Okay, rebranding. Whatever it is, where, where, wherever you rebranding. <laughs> yeah, wherever like a, like a bad Chinese restaurant. We have. I used to live next door to a Chinese restaurant that changed its name three times in a year. And that was because they just kept getting bad reviews. So anyway, um, leave us a review, good or bad. Leave us a review wherever you listen to us. Next week, I will not be here. It's my wife's birthday. And so I'm actually going to spend that day with my wife. So uh, one of our other contributors will be joining Craig. And then in a couple of weeks, Craig is going to celebrate his birthday. And we're going to find out for the first time in four seasons what happens when I'm in charge of the board. <laughs> it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> It's not going to be pretty. Uh, I just hope I can get something functional up there other than me tapping on a mic and going, hello? <laughs> so, now, long in the as, meantime, long as you folks, record it, it's, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. In the meantime, folks, enjoy the football, like Craig said. We appreciate you listening. Stay safe out there. Until next week, my name is Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>